0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 274 on Tuesday the 10th of September 2019. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm
1: Andrew. In a week where all eyes have turned on Frankfurt, we'll be talking about how being the boss means you need to know what's going on. We'll also be donning our sensible consumer-centric pants, and we try to find out if Opal was playing Oasis on their stand today. But first we have some follow-up. Yay. Gown saga connected. Nissan CEO Saikawa is going to step down this month. This is on the back of the fact information came out that he had apparently taken more than he should have done through the executive incentive program, of which he said, "I gave it to someone else, and I presume they'd do it right." Hmm, Governor. you know, it, continuing along the lines of "I didn't know what I was signing" and other favorites such as that. <laughs>
0: Yes, and some of his other greatest hits. Uh, but this is this is not a huge surprise, really. I mean, any pretty much any CEO, if you go and you look in the depths of of all the small print of all the contracts and all the benefits, then they and you add it all up, they will pretty much always be getting just a little bit more. Yeah. Um and it's just because that's what happens, or it depends where you're looking what angle you're looking at it from. So, for example, one person might say, well, it's perfectly reasonable that you're flying, uh, you're taking a private jet on this trip and actually it works out cheaper. And someone else will come along and say, aha, he's having use useful private jet. If that happens with any of these benefits. It, it happens with, with taxable benefits, all that kind of thing. Company car drivers pretty much can happen too, too. And it's, it's, it's just that it gets scaled up and up and up so that the numbers are much bigger and much more impressive. Uh, sounding, but um, hoisted by his own petard, really, on that one.
1: But equally, and, and this is not like me to give him any uh, leeway uh, or any spare rope, but equally, I can totally understand that he said, look, that's the thing, can can you as head of HR, because it's, it's Kelly that's been accused of doing this, mm-hmm. uh, can you make sure this is done properly, please, for me, so I get what I should get? And they've probably gone, oh, well, we'll make sure you get absolutely everything you can get. Yeah. which is not always the same as what you should get. <laughs> no, it's ex- exactly.
0: And um and that's just and that's that's what happens. That's I don't feel that this is a Nissan specific thing and that's why I think that this was such a a dangerous route for them to take with with Golan. But um yeah, that that's what
1: happens. Yeah. But uh, not the only person who has stroke is going to leave Nissan, though, Alan.
0: No, Christina Murray, the vice president in charge of the internal investigation to Carlos Ghosn, uh, has resigned pretty pretty suddenly. Uh, there, I mean, Nissan is saying that they don't comment on on personal matters uh, and these and why she's leaving. But um, but it seems pretty. It, it's quite a surprise, uh, really. And the I think that the the findings because it was her that her investigation which. Which uncovered the Saikawa share appreciation rights issue that that we've just been talking about that's, that's causing him to resign so um tricky one I don't know maybe she discovered more than she was meant to or
1: well there's Sakawa was not the only executive to have been found to have benefited like this either in this in this probe so it it seems odd that the internal head of the internal probe has to resign over this unless she's benefited as well because she's been with the company since 2006 and we are making a lot of alleges and surmises and presumptions here we we do have to acknowledge that De-
0: definitely in the in the in the assumption the assumption world it could well be that it discovered that that she was in the same boat as a as when it came to to somebody else handling it and and overhandling it yeah yeah but that as i say that that's what happens in these in these situations with these sometimes with these kinds of benefits absolutely um, and it can't i don't know if it can be helped i don't think it
1: can be helped no it's it's if you if you have the capability for somebody to misuse it shall we say then it mm-hmm. will be misused
0: anyway on which note you uh, along with at least 30 million of the rest of the country uh, have an issue
1: with parliament Yes, right, but not for the same reason as most people. A while ago, we talked about that the Transport Committee was looking into the pavement parking problems that some, some people have had and some areas have. And they've now completed their investigation. They've had experts in to talk about it and everything. And their recommendation is to have a blanket pavement parking ban across the UK.
0: Brilliant. That's really good, isn't it?
1: Yes. Well, hmm, I'm not so sure. Now, when this news came out, I brought up the point I always bring up, because there is legislation in place for which to deal with this, which is obstructing the pavement. Mm-hmm. If it's not police now, what does a new law, what changes a new law going to have? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be zero because if you don't have enough people going out there dealing with the problem now, you aren't suddenly magicking them up to deal with it in the future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have to say, and because I had a, a few conversations with people uh, about this, because I, because w- I was, I was not trying to be all what I was initially thinking, which was shouty, screamy. Those in that there London telling us how to live our lives. I mean, how dare they?
0: <laughs> you should see you should see the way this is headed up in our Trello notes, everyone. <laughs> it is quite effusive in its, in its in its use of the letter F.
1: <laughs> but, so, it's having conversations, and a few people got in touch to say, look, it is a problem around where I live, that the council won't do anything because it's the council who should be doing something with their traffic wardens, and the police can't do anything because they say it's the council's problem. So there are a, f- a few few people who a uh, few areas that do have issue proper issues with this and i need to i need to make clear if someone parks on the pavement and is blocking it yes they are a complete numpty and that is wrong and they should not be doing that i'm not saying that people should be allowed to park badly on a pavement what i am saying is in certain areas certain circumstances certain locations parking on the pavement isn't actually bad if it's done well if the person parking yeah. is considerate but as Natalie McLuhan got in touch with me, she said, look, part of the problem as well, if they park, if you're in a wheelchair, if there's no drop curb, you can't get back up uh-huh. or it's really hard. And that's something I, to be fair, I hadn't appreciated. I, I mean, I did appreciate the problem if people who've got prams have to go in the road and things like that because I've had to do it myself. As with anything, these these." This what really struck me about this is people were so vociferously angry about this. You mean not just you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean there was there was obviously there was the initial reaction of how dare you tell us what to do? Sort of nanny state reaction that we get on anything that we're that's suggested at the minute without before people think this, the problem through and come up with sensible disagreements. Why? But the people who were there was there was a few on the social media saying no, if you. If you think it's acceptable to park on the pavement at all, you can get in the sea effectively. And it's like, wow, you just uh, hang on a moment. Because I know a few of the people were talking, that's all right for you with your driveway and your, your own land to park on and things like that. But I go back to, you should not park on the pavement that blocks it. You should not force users into the road. You should not block anybody from getting up the pavement. That is the first and foremost. If you do that, then... You should have your car taken off you, in my opinion. When I'm dark overlord of the universe, that's what will happen. One of the things that will happen anyway. So I know it's a problem for some people. Maybe I'm very lucky in this area because we've got traffic wardens that do actively go around looking for this because we have a a, a local university and the students in the first month or two have a little bit of trouble understanding how to park, which usually means Uh the coffers get filled up. (laughs) (laughs) the local area
0: (laughs) can i just so i've got the this this 44 page report in front of me here andrew and there is there is a summary at the beginning and one of the things it does point out here is that currently there is not a clear legal definition of obstruction as it is not an easy thing to define in law and that, that seems to me to be the root of all of this is that there isn't a definition of what an obstruction is if you define obstruction then the current rule's Should work. I mean, as long as somebody's actually, uh, you know, enforcing them. Yeah. And again, it goes on. In fact, the very next sentence is: the police have priorities about what they enforce. Obstructive pavement parking is not a high police priority. Obstructive parking could be enforced by local authorities. In most cases, they already have parking enforcement staff in place and want to enforce, which is what you've just said. And we recommend that a new civil offence of obstructing obstructive pavement parking is created. And enforcement become the responsibility of local authorities. So, what they're actually saying, I mean, I think that that's so far relatively sensible.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with any of that.
0: Pavement parking and enforcement. And so, not just so here is something, pavement parking uh, and uh, enforcement is, is an issue. Now, what a point here is that we recommend that in the long term, a ban on pavement parking is put into place across England outside of London. So, it's not saying do this immediately. They are saying new law and then. And then the blanket. Yeah. The trouble then, of course, is going to be what what's a pavement. But it's the fact it's put in place across England, comma, outside London, comma, with a new process for exempting areas from the ban that it isn't is not as expensive or complicated as the current TRO process. Again, there is a, a, a little bit of, of it's not as draconian as everyone's making out it is. No, no. So first of all, structured pavement parking being a thing, which is good, and also saying who should be enforcing it, which is the local authorities which is good. And I think that, that covers most of most of it. The rest of the recommendation is, is further on. It, it brings an interesting question, to, well, it tr- for a given level of interesting, of course, question here, where outside my house is meant to be shared space. Mm. And you've seen what the parking can get around here. And there's no real excuse for it, to be honest, because we all have parking for at least one car. There is only my people directly next door to me who, who can't. Who don't have space for more than one car and and yet still people abandon their cars on the road i mean i can fit three on my drive if they're littleish yeah yeah but the shared space thing is is that pavement is that road oh it's a bit of both you know
1: because because equally if you look at our street and the way that generally people park on our street is partly on the pavement partly off it and 99 percent of the time people are are, are parking sensibly on that like i say some of the Hmm. students don't but you, if we, if there was a ban of pavement parking, now obviously they wouldn't say you can park wherever you like round our way because they'd have to deploy your lines. There isn't enough room if they no. allow pavement parking for emergency services or to go down our. Well, not for even one. You wouldn't be able to get a bin lorry down our road if you weren't allowed to park on the pavement. And 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 that's one of the things that made me think as well is, okay. Uh, do we have the right to to be able to park our car wherever we like? That's a good, that's a good question. I think we're going to have to get to, but one way to ensure that you get rid of vehicles on the, on the, or the privately owned car is to ban the parking. That's the quickest way yeah, to get rid of it. It
0: is. It genuinely is. You just make the parking so ridiculous, Yeah. which as we always say, it's fine if there are alternatives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I've, I've
0: Anyway, we've waffles, gone on way longer than waffles. we should have done
1: on that yeah, one. <laughs> yes. Go on, tell us about August and new car registrations instead of sales, as nearly every outlet wrote this time. Oh, it gets you so angry. Well, it, yeah.
0: it doesn't help because it does use the word sales right throughout the SMMT page. But that's right, folks. It's that point in the, not in the show, but in the month uh, when you should queue up the uh, sign, sign the thing of the swinging symbol. Um, and be ready for that full-on pick of the pops, um, pick of the pops countdown. <laughs> you really don't help, do you? Uh, August is always a quiet month. What with uh, what with everyone waiting for a sixty-nine on the first of September, and uh, so it's it's never particularly particularly up there. Um, what are the splits? Diesel down twelve percent year on year. Battery electric vehicle up 377.5%, but we'll talk about that in a second. Plug-in hybrids down 70%. General hybrids up 36%. Uh, mild diesel hybrids are up 343%. So I imagine there were quite a lot of uh, Mercedes-Benz deliveries mm. this month. And the Tucson. Oh, that's some. those are FEVs.
1: The Tucson yeah, mild the
0: hybrid diesel. Oh, is that what it is? It's gone up mm. 514 from 116, so it's not massive numbers. Uh, and the mild hybrid petrols are down 42 Overall, down 1.6 percent. Uh, so about that's pretty much stable, uh, I, I would say. Yeah. Uh, year to date, down 3.4 percent so far. One about one and a half million cars, uh, red vehicles registered. Careful, yeah, careful. Okay. Yeah, you caught yourself. It's fine. <laughs> Private down 1.7. Fleet down 3.5. And business up 38.6 percent.
1: Before you, no, before you get into oh. the top tens though. Uh, there was the an yeah. interesting thing because there was. there's a, a lot of people talked about how the FEVs are down dramatically uh, at the moment this year and, and particularly recently. Uh, and I caught uh, a Twitter conversation talking about this and saying that there was talking about the ultra low emission vehicles in general and saying that the suspicion is that manufacturers are holding these back for next year. Because they've got that 95 grams per kilometer target. So they've like building up the stock so they can unleash them and get below this threshold that they need to get below, which they're going to struggle to do otherwise. Really? Yeah. And it sort of made a bit of sense to me. But then they've just got to store them all in big fields and stuff. What, you mean like what's happening, allegedly happening? Uh, with-
0: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I just, I don't know. That just seems a bit conspiracy theory to me. But sorry, the- I, I tend to I tend to always fall if the choice is between uh, some sort of uh, drop in competence and someone being more evil. I tend to reckon towards incompetence, <laughs> but that's just you know with my my limited knowledge of how businesses work. In a professional capacity. In a professional capacity, yes. Anyway, top 10s. Uh, top 10s. So in at number 10 with 1,477 registrations, and I said it was quite low, is the Ford Echo Sport. Uh Number nine is the Vauxhall Corsa with 1,592. That's quite Eighth low. Is the, they're all quite low.
1: No, but I mean down in the top 10s, that's quite low.
0: Yeah. Remember the Corsa is almost on phase out now, by the way. Oh, yeah, must which be. Which we will discuss yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so, Tiguan at eight. Uh, truck at seven. The, uh, yeah, G-Wiz.
1: What, the G-Wiz is in there?
0: <laughs> <coughs> no, that's the old person car. I'm sorry about the coughing, everyone. Six is the Cougar. Fifth is the A-Class, the car everyone loves to lease. Fourth <laughs> is the Focus, which registered only six more than the A-Class, by the way. Uh, number three is Other. Now, other is a weird one, this. It's 2,082 registrations and it's the Tesla Model 3.
1: That's registrations, everyone, not registrations. Sales. Not, oh, yeah.
0: Now goodness. we've got to remember that this is their first month and there's a lot of pent up demand for this vehicle. And I've seen quite a few about the place in that they're Londinium. So yeah, the fact that they actually managed to, you know, loosely assemble. Just over two thousand of them is 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 not bad. Yeah, the reason it says other, uh, and the reason it's reported as other is because they're not a member of the Society of Mood Manufacturer and Traders, because they're a technology company. However,
1: that would imply they shared their information.
0: Well, there's that too. I mean, basically, it has to be inferred. Yep. Quite quite. what other is has to be inferred. And I did go off and I did check to see if that was like other imports, uh, but that other imports include stuff like the Model S and the Model X and and some other bits and pieces like that.
1: I'd heard as well, I was told on Twitter that it was all hands on deck for Tesla in the UK last month, uh, to the point where even the PR lady was in customer services helping people <laughs> with deliveries and stuff. So congratulations to Tesla for... for- you know finally managing to get a boat across here with enough vehicles on it but uh but also you know for as much as we do mock their business practices and we do the car has caught the imagination of many many people and that generally that's a good thing it's a car with a very good specification with a
0: certain amount of infrastructure that people are aware of um certainly the, the sort of front-end infrastructure that people are aware of and it's it's a brand that people are aware of and and i think it's it's at the right price as well definitely can't come yeah you can complain a bit about the price to be honest but to be honest you know what uh not so long ago i went i went and i hit up the configurator and i looked at it and i thought that's quite attractive actually it was one of those oh i'm more interested in that than i thought i was Mm. and then i thought built the 10 talent
1: that is the downside of it for tesla is they have now opened themselves up to a whole new customer base which is an unforgiving is. customer base because people are giving up their bmws their mercedes their audis and they have certain expectations and tesla are gonna have to work very hard to match or get close to those expectations
0: yeah because in some other countries like norway then they're actually having issues with just keeping up with the after sales service and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not oh, it's one of these things. Building the car is is relatively speaking, the easy bit. Developing the car so that it can be built properly is is hard. Yep. And then actually supporting it once it's out in the world is is bleeding hard because because you're letting the general public near it. And, and we know we all know that anything the general public is near is a complete stinker in the end. So um <laughs> The general public generally made up of complete stinkers. Uh, so, so yeah. I mean, I. I oh, dude. The, the thing about Tesla is, is I, I don't. I completely understand why people buy a Tesla. I'm always slightly amazed when people buy a second one.
1: I'm surprised when car people buy a Tesla.
0: As I say, I'm surprised when car people buy a second one. Oh yeah. Any, let's see. Anyway, let's see the number of repeat sales, but we're way off topic yep, there. Yep. And that was, that was us actually talking about the Model 3 and talking about a Tesla, which doesn't happen that often.
1: Yeah, we just built up many months worth into one. Yeah, seven. I know. <laughs> I know.
0: Lots of little bits that I hadn't been allowed to talk about before. Uh, the number two is a Volkswagen Golf at 3,439 units. And number one, of course, if you've been following along at home is the Ford Fiesta with 3,978. Eight registrations. Uh year to date looks a lot like it did before. It's Sportage Mini Cougar Polo A-Class, Cash Guy, Corsa, Focus, Golf, and Fiesta. One of course will drop a little bit because of the the, the tail down there. Mm, anyway, should we look at the brands?
1: Yes, I will go through the dooms, and there are a few dooms uh very quickly, but Arbath is down thirty-seven percent, Alpine is down eighty-nine, so obviously batch month. Yeah. Or not batch month. <laughs> Bentley's down forty percent. BMW. Now this is a bit of a one though because this is quite a, quite a large number. It's down nineteen percent. So that's uh, five thousand nine hundred ninety eight last year to four thousand eight hundred fifty three this year.
0: If I if I may quick if yes. I may quickly
1: on BMW, I notice
0: that the new three series, the first batch of them. Uh, well, there seem to be quite a lot of approved used ones available via the BMW by the bmw website with as little as 22 miles on the clock this is a very new model mm. it's a little worrying mm. okay and i only noticed because i was off looking up body kits for you
1: yes thank you for that.
0: that. yes uh so so yeah i was quite surprised i thought at first i thought oh those must be the dealer demonstrators coming off because that'll be the, like three months uh so that's fine yeah, that, that's been for a listed. While. But then I I don't know if maybe that's the new demonstrators that are already just listed whilst they're being demonstrated. So I could be being unfair, but be aware of that one. Um, I imagine
1: they're waiting for the 330e. Anyway, I'm interrupting again. Sorry. Fiat. Tell us about Fiat. Fiat down nearly 20%. Honda down 28%, which is a fair chunk. Infinity obviously down 22%. Jaguar down uh, 15.5%, so that's to just over 1000 uh, Land Rover also are down. They're down nearly 24%, so not a great month for JLR again. Smart, continuing their plummet, uh, they're down 23.5%. Subaru, bad month for Subaru, down 48%. Suzuki also, which is a bit of, of a surprise, big drop, 51.75%.
0: Just quickly, I would imagine that Subaru are have very few vehicles available whilst they wait for the ones that they're in the middle of launching. In, yes, there's um, the
1: the hybrids, are hybrids, and could have been. Yes, I know. Yes, and the Azuzu last week. Never mind. Let's not try and yes, cry about yes, that, yes, Alan. Yes. Let's try not. Uh, right. And that's <laughs> that's all the doom and gloom. So uh, bring us back up with cheer, Alan, of the positives.
0: Well, other imports are up eight hundred and forty-seven point five two percent. Congratulations
1: uh, to from two hundred and forty-two
0: to two thousand two hundred and ninety-three. I think we can imagine where most of those are. <laughs> Or what they are? Uh, Volvo are up nineteen point nineteen three quarter percent. Toyota are up sixteen percent. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yong are up twenty nine percent. The boats come in. Porsche are up eighty six percent. So that'll be the new, um, the new nine eleven.
1: And the WLTP stuff's gone through. Yes, because yeah, they exactly. really struggled with that, didn't they?
0: They did. But that's remember, there's the new nine eleven in there too. Mm-hmm. So that'll have been. Uh, which has been WLTP tested, which is yeah. unlike the old ones. Lexus is up 57%. Cracking. Jeep is up 77%. DS is up 112% from 88 to 187. So that's probably DS a lot three of uh, sportback. DS3s, I would imagine. Uh, we should be, and the be DS, coming.
1: F- is it the DS5? what's the larger one? It's DS five, isn't it? No,
0: it's DS seven. Seven, sorry. The five DS7. was the weird one that was almost good at everything, but not actually yeah. quite there. Which is a shame. It's a car I've always wanted to drive, actually.
1: Yes, me too. People
0: keep saying people keep saying, Oh, you don't want to drive it. I quite like it. Uh, Dacia up twenty seven percent. Chevrolet up three thousand one hundred percent. Congratulations, Chevy. Why are they, still, there? Why are they no, still members con- of the
1: SMMT? Congratulations on winning the most ridiculous percentage change this month other nearly had it but unfortunately not
0: yeah I, I was expecting it to go to other that's why i tried to take it off earlier uh audi up 19.5 percent alfa Romeo up 34 percent so quite a lot of some fairly decent percentage changes there yeah you know mg was just outside the threshold with 13 percent maserati are uh, tens batch month. yeah but uh but uh mercedes you know holding steady at three and a half
1: because there was that obviously that yeah. picture that was all over social media of them apparently stockpiling somewhere not not in the uk but who sorry which Mercedes,
0: Mercedes. stockpiling
1: oh right okay I will do that so yeah. anyway that that's it for this month on the the facts and figures yes of new car registrations but moving on now to hyundai and kia actually which was announced today but it wasn't when i put this bit in the trello board of information uh, but hyundai and kia have joined the uh, joint venture for european ev charging ionity it's easy for someone else to say and this is a the the aim of this organization is to install 400 high-speed charging stations across europe they've already installed 140 in 14 European countries, well, there's 50 more under construction. Now, the thing for me is they say charging stations. I'm taking it from that. They're not implying a single charging point. There's multiple. Any Anywhere that
0: I've se- yeah Yeah, that'll be right. That's not charging points. Anywhere I've seen them putting in Ionity across Europe, then there's been at least two or three going in mm. fast chargers. But rapid, you know the ones, quick
1: ones. Yeah these are these these are the really quick ones. So yeah so this it's now going to be well it's going to be easier and easier to get across Europe with an electric vehicle soon. So it's good uh, and yeah. I think it's very sensible of the uh, of Volkswagen, BMW, Daimler, Ford and now uh, the two from South Korea are getting involved and installing it themselves because governments are happy to throw out legislation that says we must drive greener vehicles, but not quite so happy to throw the cash to allow us to have the infrastructure to help us with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Tom, the ticking off for that goes to Andrew.
1: Well, I'm just saying the government no. doesn't
0: back it enough. I know.
1: Exactly. I'm not saying exactly. it's not I there at all because we know that's no. not true.
0: <laughs> exactly. No. I, and, and to be honest, driving across Europe with an EV is, is less and less daunting. Although I have a weird threshold for these things, as I think we've discovered in the past, but one of the things about this week is that the world's most important electric car is actually being launched, and no, it's not the Taycan. It's not any form of. It's the people's car. Yes. No, no, it's not the ID3 either. Well, Nor that's not the, the people's car. car. <laughs> but the ID3, yeah,
1: that's
0: it's not. It says "people's car" on it. The company's called People's Car. No, it's the people's no, car. But
1: they're talking about having a uh, sub twenty grand electric vehicle, which will be the people's car. But in reality, you called- what you're about to tell us is the people's
0: car. Well, yeah, because this is the electric version of the Renault Quid. So the Renault Quid is a little BSUV, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it's kind of BSUV size. It is a BSUV. Uh, so uh, smaller than the Dacia Sandero, uh, which you can get in, which is built in India, built in China, and is remarkably cheap. It's what four thousand dollars or something for a, a car which actually has you know some. Stru- it's it's a proper car. It's not a. It's not a quadricycle. <laughs> no, it actually
1: has some crash resistance. Although you know, for a given level of crash resistance as well, because this this when this was talked about, that I saw a lot of comments about this from us privileged first world people. Saying, mm. Oh yeah, but if they're really serious about safety, then they wouldn't be doing this. And you think, price points, I get I get what you're saying, and absolutely we yes. have we have reported on NCAP trying to get to raise the standards across the other markets, not just in Europe and America, for mm-hmm. safety standards. But yeah, the reality is these things take time and they are very expensive and car manufacturers still have to make a profit yeah and so
0: you know it depends what level of of quid and stuff you you buy how many how many if at all airbags you get you
1: know yeah the thing that was pointed out here is the people getting into a quid have stepped up from a scooter or a rickshaw type thing so there is an increase in safety immediately yeah exactly still not good enough acknowledged yes i'm not saying well tough on them but just so he said
0: Moving on. The Renault City K-ZE has been announced for the Chinese market, which is, it's essentially a quid. It's going to start at about $8,700. It's a 30 kilowatt battery, uh, which gives about 155 NEDC miles. So at least, at least a hundred miles of range, uh, there anyway. Now it's being a quid. And whilst this is intended for China India and similar uh, to be to be built in in both places they're launching first in China because China actually has some infrastructure uh, or outside of you know basically has enough people with some infrastructure for EVs yep. uh, whereas India has lots of people and no not really much infrastructure even in the cities it's a fantastic achievement hundred mile range proper car uh, at least some equipment and under under nine thousand Nine thousand dollars. This is this is the one that's going to make the difference. The you know the the uh, the Nurburgring lap time doesn't matter with this. No. This is getting people out. So their very first vehicle is going to be electric.
1: Yep, and they and they will adapt to the uh, pers- uh, presumed hundred mile real world. It's hundred and fifty five mile is the official claim, but they will adapt to it. if particularly if it's their first vehicle or if they understand if they are informed and understand the the compromises you have to make because range is going to be a luxury thing i think i've heard someone else say that this week um i think we've talked about this before we've we've talked about that before on here and we've talked about it with other people about that but mm-hmm. uh you you will you will make you will adapt you do adapt to driving the electric vehicle for for mm-hmm. the differences you need to make and whether that's how you recharge it or how you drive it.
0: But there's another interesting thing here, which is that the, the traffic is so heavy in some places in, in China and India that whilst you're in the car for quite a long time, you're not necessarily going very far. Mm. So range is so much less important uh, than we would think. And, and it's all very well saying, oh, you, you know, respect. Bikes in some of these places are for poor people. It is very humid, it is very hot, it's very sticky. You want to be in something that's air-conditioned to go even relatively short distances. Mm. So, you know, cars, that's one of the reasons why cars are, are so popular that.
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's the idea behind the Mini and the Honda e, isn't it? Is that this is exactly. going to be in a mainly urban environment, so doing 300 miles is not the key target for this. It is traveling around in an electric vehicle at a certain level of comfort and luxury.
0: But, Andrew, everyone drives uh, an EV. Uh, everyone drives their cars 300 miles every single day and therefore can't possibly have EVs, so I don't understand what you're talking Only
1: about. Only on the motorways as well.
0: Only on the motorways, yeah. Yeah, we've well, got to use them. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, do. by the way, that's on uh, the article uh, that we're going to link to uh, in the show notes is on The Drive. It's by Edney Demeyer uh funnily enough but yeah do have a read really interesting uh there's a little sort of there's a link to the video of him and Alex Roy driving a thousand miles across india in a quid
1: which was fantastic to to follow live on their twitter when they did it because that i think there is a maze they survived eye opening for them (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) right let's move on let's move on talking about not going very fast in an urban area well uh transport for london have announced that they have plans to reduce the speed limit within the central congestion charge zone, and it's going to be 20 miles an hour from 2020, or the 20s. House, And that's the first phase of their plan. They are also going to reduce 80 miles worth of 50-mile-per-hour roads to 40-mile-an-hour. The aim is apparently to reduce pedestrian casualties, although there are still studies ongoing about whether actually 20-mile-an-hour does help reduce casualties
0: it's not going to make any difference in sorry in london it's not going to make any
1: difference I think it's the number of casualties as opposed to the severity of injuries because obviously at twenty mile an hour you are five and this is from I think the world Health Organization you are five times more likely to survive than if you're hit at thirty so speed is a factor on being hit by a car and how well, you're going to come out the other side of that. Yeah, but interestingly, one thing. So we'll gloss over the whole people feel safer, don't pay attention, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which is what other studies are focusing on at the moment. Mm-hmm. But apparently, uh, there has been some investigation into pollution because I've always worried that twenty mile an hour is in between gears, so your car's working not at it, its optimal. It always feels in between some gears so it's either you're over revving or you're 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 too low so that always feels uh-huh. to me that there might be more pollution but obviously there is a reduction in brake dust in tire wear because you're not going or should not be going as fast <laughs> and how I, are you
0: wearing your tires so hard and yeah. and
1: in that well you know tire rubber is going to kill us all because that's you know, we we reported on that not so long ago, don't forget. Mm. Uh, but this is going to be uh, mainly self-policing. So basically, they're going to have some signs that say do 20 mile an hour. It doesn't mean at the moment their plan is to throw up a bunch of speed cameras in which to swell coffers, etc.
0: In, in all honesty, the difference it will make for most of central London is negligible.
1: Yeah, it's going to make no difference at all.
0: Uh, especially within the congestion charge area. It's not really gonna make any difference. Uh dropping speed on some other roads around London. I uh forties to thirties, fifties to forties. Again, it's probably not gonna make much difference. Just stop doing it on the westway, would you? Because that's a right pain. They've <laughs> already got variable speeds. Well, it's already a forty, but it's it's it, it jams up because people want people keep trying to um, go faster than speed limit. Mm.
1: Right, I'm going to pass mm-hmm. this over now to our Scottish correspondent because his homeland is leading the way once more in environmentally friendly uh, transportation. <clears throat> Something like that. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so Scotland is planning to end the use of petrol and diesel in public sector fleets by 2025. Uh so they are yeah, uh, they're trying to get other people to switch their fleets. So so they're actually actually, you know, um taking a drink of their own medicine uh, in this case. Great idea! Yeah, absolutely brilliant. They're gonna. There's a lot. There are a lot of numbers. Pardon me in this company car today article. They're they look. They're still uh, looking to support the charging infrastructure. Twenty million pounds to support investments by local authorities, homes and businesses
1: to keep that going they are there's the loans if we don't, which we reported on recently there's the loans for fleets and stuff as well that we talked about so uh-huh. so they are they are as you say they're putting them their money where their mouth is and they are really pushing for this to happen and it goes uh-huh. to show how far behind well, england is definitely and i know wales is looking uh really heavily at how scotland have Push things forward and see if there's lessons they can learn and maybe things they can adopt for themselves. So, so well, stuff
0: like that. Well, come on, the difference in charging infrastructure between Scotland and Wales. There you go. Well, I mean that's 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 a
1: massive, obvious one. But it's how can they catch up? Things like that. I've uh, read a report where they've specifically gone up to visit the the Welsh politicians have gone up to visit to find out how Scotland have done it and what can they do better apart from everything. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Well done, Scotland. Good one. Yep. Um. Yes. I won't make any jokes about Nicola Sturgeon putting putting taxpayers' money where where her mouth is yes, because that would be bad. That would be unpopular. That would be political.
1: Yeah. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> no. And as we get that, and yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> which uh, somehow uh, leads us into guilt minute that point in the show where it reminds you to think about and consider what the motoring podcast is worth. To you. If you feel it's worth a small amount of your hard earned cash, then please head to motoringpodcast.com and click on the orange become a patron button right there on the front page. If you're already a patron, then thank you very much. Uh, we understand that not everyone has the ability to do this, so please don't forget to like, rate, and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice. If you've done all that, then you really are wonderful. Uh, how's about costing a friend who you think will enjoy this and telling them all about us? One last thing, if for some reason you don't actually subscribe to the show, how about doing so for free, making sure that we come to you without the anxiety and worry that you might miss out on the next new show. Ta-da. Thank you. And patrons, uh, we, I think, have a working, everything is showing it's working, live streaming again, which is good. Feeling a bit bad about that. Yes. in fact, I was feeling very bad about that. So uh, Yes, we were. So, yes, that's, that's, that's up and out. Well done, Andrew
1: yes <laughs> yes something like that <laughs> right moving on to designer's mood board and uh, kareem habib again is moving this time he's left infinity as infinity retreat back to japan faster than a really fast thing that's retreating hmm. uh, he's now off to kia to head their design center, he's going to be the senior vice president for the company. And reading in this auto evolution article, it's it says, and I'm not sure about this. I haven't had a chance to check this out.
0: I've just read. That. It, it says must he's be going wrong. to, to, to North, North Korea,
1: <laughs> nam, yeah, nam Yang. Yang,
0: which is not which is not in North Korea at all. It's in, <laughs> it is in the People's Republic. Yeah, People's Republic of Korea.
1: Yes, it's like oh okay.
0: Um. <laughs> I, think, I think that's right. But don't let me get my careers mixed
1: up, yeah. He's, he's uh he's going to be answering to uh, Luke Donker Wolf, Donker Wolf Even <laughs> sorry, not Wolf, Wolk, and saying that Kia at a moment where they're going, they're really pushing forward their design and everything like that. So let's let's just remember though, let's just remember he is is responsible for the X6, the X3. Yes, I know. Seven Series F O One and the Six Series Grand Coupe. So it's not all bad. But then he's also did the prototype 10 speed speedster for Infinity, which everyone liked. So mm-hmm. poor chap. Poor chap hopefully gets a home for more than 18 months this time. Yes.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, he's open
1: Right, lunchtime read.
0: Yeah, well, lunchtime read uh, this week comes from Jaloptic. And it's an article by uh, Max Finkel, uh, which was out. Uh, came out when on, on Sunday and it's John Margulies roadside photos are automotive Americana at its best. And and that's basically it. It is of course, you know, articles of photos in work so well on audio podcasts, <laughs> but yes, it's uh it's these wonderful photos. Some of these wonderful photos taken over about 40 years by, uh, by John Margulies of roadside America. And, and if you're anything like me, uh, then you're a complete sucker for some of this this roadside, some of these these just these these gas stations, these fantastic you know donut shops in the shapes of donuts, you know the the biggest um, the biggest corn cob in the world, uh, just some of the awesome diner signs, some of these kind of things. I, I just love them, and I just think they're the most fantastic sort of romantic road view that that you can have. I mean Harold's Auto Center, which is a Garage in the shape of a dinosaur. I mean, what? How could you not think that that's awesome? So, do please go take a little bit of a look uh, there, and then uh, it might be worth looking out some of the books. I mean, the the Library of Congress uh, has uh, the photos are actually in the Library of Congress in the US, uh, and they they and the entire collection is available on the Flickr account.
1: It's amazing. That um, Flickr account is amazing. It's it's
0: is it? I haven't actually clicked through to it. The, there is a link, link in the Jalopnik article, everyone. Yeah,
1: it is. It's at the bottom of the Jalopnik article. Click through it because it's this it's this wonderful oh, snapshot, but it is a snapshot of time and hmm. uh, and place. And it's just brilliant because, I mean, how many times do we see it on the social medias? If somebody finds a, an abandoned petrol station in this country that's, you know, got the old pumps on it and everything, that gets retweeted a thousand times, etc. But if so if you like that sort of thing, this is going to be right up your alley it's just a it's just a wonderfully nice article and nice set of pictures and I think we need more nice at the minute
0: yeah, we do it's really amazing do do click through because I've just opened it it's it's massive it's yeah I've read about some of these places in books, so it it's kind of kind of fun to see I, I love it. I really love this kind of stuff, so especially some of that sort of rocket era type um, type diners and donut shops, and 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 one of them's got a B fifty two over the top of it.
1: You know, it? I don't
0: think we've got to that one yet. Yeah,
1: it's just amazing. <laughs>
0: it's, I, I just I just love these things. I've I've seen them a few times. You know, in in real life, uh, I've not driven huge tracts of the US, uh, but do oh god, it does, doesn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, bomb a gas station. Route ninety nine east, Milwaukee, Oregon. There you go. That's brilliant. Don't, do take take the time to do this. Take the time to flick through this. I mean, I'd read the story and thought it was great. I hadn't followed the link through to the through to the 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 Flickr stream, and I was wondering how to find
1: more of these. Ah, oh, that's so cool. Yep. Yes. Excellent. Thanks, Max. Yeah, it's a good one. Right, donning our sensible consumer pants, we're now going to do list of the week. Which is the six ways used by fraudsters to try to fool you? And this is from Motoring Research and uh, Ethan Jupp. These are the most the six most uh, popular ways. Well, popular as in uh, used often, not as in yes, people like <laughs> popular ways that uh, fraudsters or people uh, selling used cars do it in a naughty manner. We've mm. got clocking, cut and shut, cloning, ringing, hire car fraud, <laughs> and deposit fraud. It's just have a read through there if you're thinking about buying a used car, and just make sure that you are aware of the type of things people try to do to sell you on a lemon because with all uh-huh. these things, you can have your car taken off you if you haven't investigated it and you didn't you weren't aware because it will be illegal, and as the yeah. owner, that's your fault, even though you bought it on good faith and all the rest of it uh-huh. so. It is better to be aware of these things and you can go in informed. But there we go. We thought we'd, yes. for, for a change, be uh, very consumer-focused and give some mm-hmm. give some proper advice as opposed to just ranting and raving.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're good at ranting and raving. We're not so good at proper advice. We're quite happy with that, <laughs> generally.
1: <laughs> Come on, and finally us, then.
0: And finally, one of the cars on show, certainly for the certainly for the preview day, uh, of the uh, Frankfurt Motor Show, has been fantastic Opel Corsa GT so this is a pre GTE or GTC I can't remember what it was in the UK uh, of the of what we had as the Nova uh, and Opel found an absolutely immaculate one in Portugal and then there's actually the story on and this is on o- the Opel website of so Opel corporate website uh, the story of of bringing it back um driving it uh, all the way back to Germany. Uh, so it's a great road trip in a really cool sort of banana yellow immaculate Corsa with great photographs, and it's just really good fun. One of the reasons it's relevant, why it's a Frankfurt is, and I hadn't realized this until today because I'm a bit slow, is that we've all said, oh, look, it's the new Corsa E, and they always show it Corsa hyphen and then E as in electric, because it's going to be electrified. And, um, I hadn't realized that the current, that this next generation coming out is the Corsa E because of the way that Vauxhall and Opel name, you know, name or designate their models. So what we had as the, the Nova was the Corsa A, uh, and then followed the first one we had as, as, as a Corsa was a Corsa B. Corsa C followed that. Corsa D is the one that we were talking about in the sales, uh, the uh, registration figures earlier on. The one that's been
1: alive oh, for about 23 so
0: years, you mean? No, 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 no. That was the, that was the, um, that was the C. The C was around a long, long time. <laughs>
1: well, this one has um, as well.
0: I <laughs> suppose it has been. Yeah. I'm just getting old. So it's Corsa D. So the current one's coming out, whether electrified
1: or not, would be the Corsa E. <sighs> so, so is the electric version going to be the Corsa EE? That would be Corsa E? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Great. It's, it's a really good, it's a it's good and interesting article to go visit the factory where the Corsa is built and the factory where the, uh, where the Grandland and Crossland are built as well, but never mind. Uh, but no, it's a lovely. <laughs> Can't have everything, eh? <laughs> That's so unfair. Given how much I like the Peugeot three thousand and eight, yeah, it's just a really just just another good little road trip read. To be honest, yep, good have. spot. But do you know what? It was actually it was actually uh, an advert on Twitter. Really, it was. Uh, it Don't was- say that yes. out loud. Yes,
1: oh, I know. I all the algorithms from all the listening devices now.
0: Bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a promoted post. And I, I practically never click on those. Mm. But I thought, oh, that looks interesting, and then decided that it would become a story. Good.
1: I'm glad you did.
0: Yes, so am I. Uh, anyway, any parish notes this week? Yes.
1: It's a great Yay. fanfare, and probably knocking a few people off their stools. Uh, there will be a rear view out this Friday. I have promised to many people, so it better better happen now. There, mm. There's, there's been, been a few issues behind the scenes, which meant things have not been able to come out, but uh, they seem to be in hand. So rear view will start uh, producing episodes again as of this Friday.
0: Yay! Cool.
1: Sorry, everyone
0: that's all right because i know i've got plenty of stuff outstanding as well so uh, yeah yeah, there is lots of of content all queued up guys (laughs) oh yeah about a bunch yes but anyway don't forget to now and then you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com the hub of all our activities Please don't forget our Patreon offer available at motoringpodcast.com slash support. And please, please leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever your podcast app lets you do such a thing.
1: It really does matter. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Correct Windscreen, you will find me there. And Alan, if people want to get in touch with you and say... Where is all this content that you have just teased us with? What's the best way for them to do that?
0: It is via Twitter, or I'm at AJPBradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. Uh, watch out for Twitter and Instagram, by the way, later this week, because I'm at a trade show in London, and I will be sharing pictures of vehicles where, where possible and allowable. <laughs> um, <laughs> until then, we'll be back next week. Uh, but I've been Alan Bradley.
1: I've been Andrew Clues.
0: And safe motoring.